We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Ace is a place with the helpful hardware, folks. At Ace, your backyard's right in our backyard, which means we have hand-picked products that are right for the birds in your neighborhood, like premium bird seed, suet, birdhouses, and feeders. Stop by your local Ace and get everything you need to attract the birds you want, including Ace Wild Bird Food, on sale now. Now through Tuesday only, when you buy two 20-pound bags of wild bird food, get a third bag free, only at Ace, the helpful place. Offer valid through February 28th at participating stores. Welcome to the Rotowire DFS podcast. I'm your host, Josh Hayes, joined as always by Benny Ricciardi as we spotlight the tight end and defense positions for NFL's Week 7 DFS action. You can find Benny on Twitter at BennyR11 and over at RotoCurve, RotoWire, and as a featured writer on the DraftKings Playbook. And you can also follow me on Twitter at JoshHayesFS and find me hosting the Daily Slant DFS show and writing for ProFootballFocus.com. Benicio, what's going on, my man? Eh, not too much. Uh, just kind of looking through some of this early NFL stuff for Week Seven, mm-hmm. and uh, trying to make some, uh, you know, trying to make some sense of it all. Yeah, trying to make some cheese is what we're trying to do. We're going to try to help you get that cheddar here. So, we want to let you know that the RotoWire DFS podcast is now available on iTunes and Stitcher. So, if you get a chance to rate and review us, please go ahead and review, and don't forget to share and subscribe. We're going to dive in right at the top here, at the tight end position here. There's a couple. I think we have like a, a three or four, maybe five at the most, um, 
if I want to squeeze Greg Olson into your list that I'm looking at here, Benny, at the tight end position of mm-hmm. there's your elite group here, and then it, it's like that's the best, and then we have the rest. So let's talk about the best. How are you separating them? What do you like here for week seven? All right. Well, I think the most popular guy and the guy who kind of stands out right away is Antonio Gates this week. Uh, 5,000 on DraftKings. I think he's 58 over on FanDuel. And here's basically the case for him. <clears throat> they play Oakland this week. Excuse me. <laughs> <clears throat> they play Oakland this week, who has the worst tight end defense of any team in the league. They're averaging um, – Gates is somebody who has only been back for two games, but so far he's averaging nine catches a game, 93 yards per game, and he's already scored two touchdowns, although both of them came in the first game. But he also had multiple red zone looks in the second game. He was wide open in the corner of the end zone, and uh, Rivers overthrew him. Um, he got hit from behind a little bit, and the, the ball just kind of sailed on him. And then he had another one where they were in the red zone that he threw it to him. Um, kind of like a back shoulder fade play. The cornerback got a hand on it, you know, knocked it down or, you know, Gates just didn't catch it. But it was nice to see that he's still getting the red zone looks one way or another. And I mean, he's seeing double digit targets. So for a guy that's 5,000 on DraftKings, that's huge. Um, again, with the touchdown upside, a guy who's 5,800 over on FanDuel. And he's playing Oakland, which, you know, again, has been the team that we've said, you know, you basically just take whatever tight end they're playing against and you target them. And so far it's worked out unless your name is Owen Daniels. Yeah, so, you know, and I, speaking of Owen Daniels, by the way, I'm willing to throw out the Cleveland game as an aberration here a little bit. He did a lot of that uh, damage there and uh, or some of the damage in overtime and sort of late in the game too. And if you saw what, what happened um, there, uh, there's just they were completely uh, out, of, out of sync with uh, some of the wide receivers. Demarius Thomas had two brutal drops in that game. It's just like almost Peyton Manning had to just be forced to go elsewhere. Mando Sanders also gets hurt late in that game, could not play or go at all in overtime. So I don't expect uh, the like volume of production from Owen Daniels, which wasn't, you know, awesome, but it was, you know, it was notable for, for week six to sort of continue going forward. Uh, Rotowire taking a look at their optimizer projection here. They've got Gronkowski up top. Greg Olson, believe it or not, is number two. Kelsey, Barnage, and, and Jimmy Graham with Antonio Gates sixth. I don't know if I necessarily uh, would have Gates outside my top five. To me, I'm with you. I think he's in, in the top tier. And if you take a look at the cost savings that you get uh, applied to uh, the tight end position with Antonio Gates at this spot, you've fifty eight hundred is still super affordable. Affordable in, in my spot um, on Fanduel. Taking a look at the tight end position for Tony Gates, still five k. That's a still a three thousand thirty one hundred down from Rob Gronkowski. So just have a tough time when you know he went with back to back nine catch performances, and Oakland is twenty sixth ranked against the pass or in pass coverage. Um, I just just don't see how you can really go away from Gates in. Um, GPPs or in tournaments. Now, my question to you is this. If we get to the Friday show where we talk about uh, ownership percentages on this very podcast and you see X number, what is it going to take for you to make Gates a fade in GPPs? Um, I'm going to say probably over 35%. I would have to definitely consider fading him completely. Okay. Um, but anything below that, I think I still like him enough that I'm going to be using him on at least a couple rosters. If he comes in under 20%, I'm going to have an absolute ton of him. I'll have him on half my rosters probably. 
Okay. I, I think I'm going to probably go with well, like over 50% exposure, maybe 60, 65-ish, because you're just getting such value, uh, particularly on DraftKings at five at 5K. Um, having said that, I'm going to give some weight to um, Greg Olson and what they can potentially do in the passing game. Um, I don't know how you can just how you can just sit Gary Barnage right now. That was probably the one of the worst matchups he could get against the number one defense yep. in the league. Uh, granted, it, it was at home, and you saw that he was he just basically they were trying to blanket him. He got bracket coverage. He got a number of passes broken up. Josh um, McCown tried to force him the ball a few times. It didn't work. Still gets two red zone scores. But uh, one thing that I sort of underestimated with Barnage and people. I think maybe don't exactly take note of. He's six six with yes. hands he's like glue. Target. Yeah, he's he is the single best red zone target. So a, a red zone fade to you is that's that's a that's a that's a layup for like if he gets matched up against a corner or one of the smaller safeties uh, out out on the box. They've gone to that play. It's almost like you know. Jordan's going to shoot the the fadeaway jumper, or he's going to the hole and is going to dunk, and you can't defend it, and there's nothing you can do to stop it. That's where they're at in the red zone with Gary Barnage right now. This guy's so money. So um, Gary yeah. Barnage for forty nine hundred. I know I might sound like a little bit of a homer. It's Cleveland on the road, but um, having said that, there you can pass on the St. Louis defense uh, there as well. So I think Barnage, although he's not in this, um, you know, uh, projection group for uh, some of the uh, sites that we take a look at here. Uh, Rotowire has him fourth overall. Pro Football Focus actually has him outside um, the the top eight, nine. Which I'm going to lead towards Rotowire here. I think they've they've got it right. Maybe Pro Football Focus hasn't been paying attention to how much this guy's been dominating. So, yeah. um, I mean, he has he has a touchdown in each of his last four games, mm-hmm. and he's been a big part of that explosion in the Cleveland passing offense. This, Plus, they're likely to be trailing, so we should see some garbage time too. This is exactly what I'm saying. They know who they're going to Barnage, and they still can't <laughs> stop it. It's particularly in the red zone too, um, and so it's, it's a lot harder to um, you know double cover. Um, on the outside too, when you get into the red zone, um, with uh, with a guy like Barnage who can line up on either side of the field, line up in the slot, and then end up in a in a in a different spot too. The other thing too is Travis Benjamin is another guy who was supposed to be heavily targeted a, a, as well. And when they put, they put those guys together on opposite sides of the field, it makes the if they go single high safety, it makes them make a choice. So you can't double both guys, and both guys have been super productive and have scored in the red zone. So that's the problem. The Browns are actually creating matchup problems, and then we haven't even mentioned uh, Duke Johnson out of the backfield. So it's not too much of a surprise to me that the Browns' offense is rolling, um, and we'll we'll see if they can keep that going again. St. Louis. But having said that, Gary Barnage, I'm, I'm definitely in on it for this week, especially at 4900 on DraftKings. Now we've talked about this guy in this five this five list here. Can you make a case for Julius Thomas outside of your um, your top four or five tight ends? I mean, he had a really good game last week. I mean, what did he have? A touchdown and uh, twenty fantasy points. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, he he had a good game. And again, I mean, this is a this is what they brought him in here for. They brought him in here. They gave him that big contract because you know they needed that guy in the middle. Now, I think it's going to come down a lot to. What's going on with um, Allen Robinson this week? Because Robinson went down with an injury last game. If Robinson's going to be out, then you got to think that, you know, there's going to be a lot of targets that are going to open up. You know, Hearns will probably soak up a few of them if he's in. Um, so I do think that you're going to see some passes going his way. I usually don't like to pick on the Buffalo defense all that much. Um, again, the way to beat Buffalo has been to try to throw against them. 
but this is a pretty low uh, low total game here. Um, Jacksonville is at home. They are the underdog, which is surprising to me, uh, especially if Tyron Taylor doesn't play. Um, although EJ Manuel wasn't horrendous last week, he actually, you know, was okay, especially in fantasy for his cheap price. But um, I mean, there are other guys who I'm actually looking at. Like I, I'm more of a fan of a guy like Travis Kels this week. And uh, here's the reason why I like Kelsey this week. If you have no Jamal Charles and you have no Jeremy Macklin, somebody's got to catch passes on that team. You got Sharkhandrick West as your starting running back. You have Albert Wilson as your number one wide receiver at this point. Um, so I think that Kelsey's going to be the guy who they try to set up like some of those little tight end screens to, or you know, get him the ball with some blockers in front of him, you know, like some quick, uh, some quick slants or something like that. And I also think he's going to see a lot of targets on third down because I don't know how many other pass catchers Alex Smith even has who he's going to have that much faith in. And with their receiving core kind of being banged up a little, I wouldn't even doubt if they line him up out wide every once in a while or in the slot on like a three wide receiver set as a wide receiver. Um, I mean, he's athletic enough to do it, so. He's a guy that I have, I, I really like for GPPs this week at, uh, at 4,900. Um, you know, Pittsburgh's also pretty bad covering tight ends as well. So I, I think he could see some targets and I think they're going to be losing. So I also think he gets a, a chance to see some garbage time. Yeah, you know what? And uh, Julius Thomas, by the way, also came down with bruised ribs in that matchup. So, um, he, yeah, but he looks like he's okay. He just landed on the football. This guy's like a injury waiting to happen. But having said that, I think I want to get in there. Uh, it might actually boost his value if Allen Robinson isn't able to play with some extra targets. So there's another guy to, to uh, for me to consider. 4500 on DraftKings, so you get a little bit of a cost savings uh, from that standpoint. Um now, so taking a look at your list here, how do you have do you have this in order listed here? Is this how you would rank your tight ends in terms of DFS um, options? I think, to me, I think I have Gates um, is my number one. I mean, I'm looking at the the DraftKings pricing as well. Okay, um, Gates is probably going to be my cash game tight end. I have him as the number one tight end on the week, uh, especially at price on DraftKings at only five thousand. Um, Kelsey is the guy who I am going to have a bunch of shares of in tournaments at 4,900, but I'm also planning on having some shares of Barnage at 4,900 as well. And, um, the last guy who I would put in there, you know, based on price and matchup would be, uh, Delaney Walker at 3,900. Um, he's going to be an underdog in that game and likely trailing late. So you got garbage time coming there. Uh, 19 catches on his last 26 targets. And it looks like Mariota might miss that game. So you're going to have Mettenberger in there. And, um, you know, Walker should be able to serve as, a, you know, an outlet for Mettenberger when he's getting blitzed. And he also is a red zone kind of guy. You know, he's a big target, a guy that they could throw to in the red zone. So I think Delaney Walker is probably maybe third on that list for me at 3,900. I might have a, a few more shares of him than Barnage. And I think that basically comes down to the fact that I'd be using him in GPPs, and I kind of expect Barnage's ownership to be really high off of the, basically off of the last four or five games that he's had. Yeah, so uh, I'm I'm with you for the most part um, in terms of I don't know if how much I trust Delaney Walker if Marcus Mario is going to be out of the lineup. So that's something to keep an eye on. It they said grade two MCL sprain. So to me that sounds like Delaney Walker um, is not going to have Marcus Mario paired with him. So uh, that might be that might put me off a little bit. I don't know. I think Jack Mattenberger's okay, serviceable, and he actually performed decently with Delaney Walker last year. But I think. I liked him actually better when Jake Locker was was in the lineup, so I might be off off of that a, a little bit. Um, 
where do you have Gronk in in this list? I know he doesn't necessarily make the top four, and he's priced at eighty one hundred. Is he a fade for you because he's too much? And it's, I mean, it's the Jets yeah. or basically, basically for me, um, I don't think it's a great matchup for him, and I think he's just too expensive. And I think that there's just so many other guys who, you know, are basically also getting. It's not that Gronk isn't getting fed, but at the price that he's at, you need him to get, you know, you need him to get a ton of targets. I mean. For a couple hundred bucks more, you can have uh, DeAndre Hopkins on whatever site you're playing on. And the difference between the number of targets those two guys see is just massive. So for me, I can't pay up that price for Gronk um, because I, I, I haven't seen a lot of cheap value at other positions that I would want to pay, you know, that I would want to pay down for in order to fit him in. You know, later on in the week when we have some more injury news, that might change. But as of now, I, you know, I'm trying to save a little bit at tight end and pay up elsewhere. Yeah, so the way I, I see that happening is um, on DraftKings, it's, 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 Dronk is probably a fade for me. Jets have, uh, have a solid D. New England is at home, so it's going to be tough. And um, I, I want to see what they actually do in terms of how they match up against Gronk because I, I don't think it's going to be Revis. I don't think it's going to be Cromarty. And you definitely want to, you know, you don't want Buster screen, screen matched up against him in the slot. So. Now the question to you as a Jets fan, how confident do you feel about like a linebacker or safety matchup against against Gronk? Because this could be a, a fruitful matchup. Now take a look at you know the previous matchups here um, with you know the Colts and and Dallas Cowboys. Those are got, those are teams that have like fairly athletic linebackers or you know decent safety play who have sort of held him down. Um, but one thing that you can and I'm with you on DraftKings for sure because the price has continued to climb. He's um, except for this week, he's actually dipped down to well. I take that back. He's up to 8,100 from 7,600. So DraftKings, it's just going in the wrong direction. FanDuel, for, for the time position, you actually get a little bit of a discount. He's down to 8,100 from 8,400 in, in weeks four and five. So they have applied a little bit of a Jets uh, discount there as well. So back to the question there. Jets D, linebacker safety, good or bad matchup for Gronkowski in your opinion? No, I mean, again, like I don't want it to seem like I don't think Gronk is you know still going to have a pretty good game. For me, though, it comes down to a question of, you know, is is he the best value of guys that are at 8,100? I mean, there are other guys at other positions who are only a couple hundred bucks more who I think could have bigger games than he can. Um, so when you're talking about roster construction, if you're using that 8,100 on a tight end position, you know, can you find a, you know, $5,000 tight end like a, like a Antonio Gates, um, you know, at another position? So is there a running back or a wide receiver at that price that you think can outscore Gates? And for me, I think Gates has more upside at that price. Whereas for the same 8,100 that I could pay to get a guy like Gronk, you know, like I was saying, for a couple hundred bucks more, I could pay up and get a DeAndre Hopkins, who I think has a higher ceiling. Or at running back, I could pay up a couple hundred bucks more and get a Devonta Freeman, who I think has a higher ceiling. So to me, I don't know if you can fit Gronk in and still have the money to pay up for those guys. Um, so while I do think, I mean, it's entirely likely even that Gronk catches six passes for 80 yards and a touchdown. But that doesn't really give you good value at the price that they're asking for him. It's a little bit better value on FanDuel, but even on FanDuel, it's still barely two times value, which is not going to be enough to get it done for you. 
Yeah. Well, all right. So uh, all fair points there. Now, so let's slide down here to some like value or home run options at tight end position. Anything that we can sort of pull out of our hat and take a look at? Um. Well, let's see. I mean, you know, Delaney Walker is the, is about the cheapest that I've been looking at over on DraftKings. Uh, it's Crockett Gilmore, I think, is minimum price over there. Um, again, I don't love the matchup, but uh, he's a guy who I wouldn't mind using. He is somebody who should see some targets. Um, yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, the Delaney Walker is about as cheap as I've gone on DraftKings. I haven't really looked over on FanDuel yet. Do you have anybody while I while I take a look over there? As a as a sleeper play, potentially? Yeah, as like a cheap guy at the tight end spot. Uh, you know what? That's Ben Watson. I wish he, yeah, he, he you know what he, he I wish he was a little bit cheaper on FanDuel but you 3300 against Indianapolis coming off a big game uh there as well so that could be some, potentially interesting to me I always thought he was going to be somebody who had a breakout option there so I, I wouldn't mind taking a flyer on him I think they're definitely going to have to pass it's New Orleans on the road so that should mm-hmm. be interesting if you take a look at Zach Ertz too he had 86% of the snaps uh for the first time and he went for 5 for 60 which is never going to blow you away um, but the, but for 3200 on DraftKings, he could potentially be an interesting option. Um, that's re- really the only two guys I could really yeah. make uh, too much of a case for. After that, I'm I'm paying up into the top six seven zone. Yeah. So. You know one uh, one other guy who's actually a little bit interesting to me is um, Tim Wright, the uh, tight oh, end yeah. for Detroit. Don't talk to me um, about Tim Wright, man. That, oh me. no. Well, no. Th- here's the thing: is I I I um, plugged Tim Wright on. Not this week's last week's show, the week before show, yeah. where and I said Tim Wright. I said uh, on Pro Football Focus on the Daily Slant show that I host. I said um, Tim Wright's interesting. He's twenty four hundred, or he was super cheap. And I was like, no Ebron, no um, who's the other Pettigrew, and yeah. this guy's for, you know who's productive in stretches for New England last year, and for the Bucks lays a lays a big old Easter egg out here in October, an October Easter egg. Then the next week yeah. he comes back and scores. I'm like, Wah. yeah, you know? he's if if Ebron is out, I'm gonna I'm gonna preface this. If Ebron is out, he makes for a good play. Even even if Pettigrew is in, um, he's still running. Um, he's the tight end who goes out in the passing downs in the passing situations mm-hmm. uh pettigrew's been doing more of the blocking and like you know the first and second down passing but whenever they get in long yardage situations or if they're running the two minute drill or something uh right is usually the guy that's in there which you know for a guy who's cheap is is basically what you want and uh you got to think that minnesota is going to try to take away some of those receivers um you know i mean all of them really did some damage last week basically every wide receiver for detroit was pretty good Okay, um, I like that. Uh, so I think we sufficiently covered. Uh, last guy I'll mention too, Jordan Cameron for 3,300 against Houston. First time since week one he gets over double digit fancy points. Not super excited about that, but if Houston's able to shut the run, shut down the run game on the road, then Cameron might become a little bit more of, of an option. All right, before we move on to the defense position, I want to let you know that if you started your weekly uh, fantasy leagues and you're looking at your opponents and you're thinking to yourself, I'd love to challenge just one of his players but not his entire team, but your fantasy sports service doesn't allow you to, well, now you can with the all-new No Halftime app. The No Halftime app allows you to create individual challenges using players or teams. For example, you can pit Otto Beckham Jr. versus Megatron, LeBron versus Melo, Trout versus A-Rod. 
Creating a challenge just takes seconds and accepting the challenge takes even less time. No halftime challenges can be private or public and created for the NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, NHL, college football, college basketball, and other sports. Join today and get started. Real money and fantasy supremacy awaits you. Visit NoHalftime.com for more information and to download the No Halftime app for your iPhone and Android device. Receive a bonus by entering the promo code ROTOWIRE at sign up. No Halftime where the fantasy sports season never takes a break. All right, it's time to plant our picket fence and play some D in DFS. Benny, what do you got for me this week? Um, for me, the top defense that I've been looking at and started to put into my DraftKings rosters is actually the Atlanta Falcons at 3,300. And let me give you the case here. They're favored, although um, they are on the road. They're not at home in this game, which is usually something we like to look for, for with our defenses. Uh, the Falcons' defense... Achilles heel basically is they are pretty much the worst in the league um, as far as fantasy points given up to running backs but Tennessee as we know has a running back situation that's kind of a mess so I don't know if Tennessee is going to be able to take advantage of the weakness that Atlanta has now the strength of that Atlanta defense is actually their pass you know their pass defense well we have Mac, uh, Marcus Mariota who's likely out and a backup quarterback in Zach Mettenberger who's likely going to be in there starting now Atlanta's defense has played well in recent weeks except for that game against you know New Orleans that went crazy high scoring but the thing that they've been able to do is their offense has been able to get them a lead and when their offense gets them a lead that forces the other team into bad situations obvious passing downs and in those situations, they've been able to come up with some sacks and some interceptions and uh, really put some uh, you know, defensive fantasy points up on the board. So I have a good feeling that against a backup quarterback in a situation where I think they jump out to an early lead, that this Falcons team can really come up with a big number today. So they are one of the teams that I'm looking at. Um, you know, Remember, we don't have Denver in this slate unless you're playing. I don't know, does Denver have a bye this week or are they playing one of the earlier games or something? Uh, let me double check for you. Denver already had their bye, so they're, um, they definitely have to be. Okay, so it must be the the Thursday game or or something like that. Um, yeah, so I mean, for some reason, I, I didn't look at Denver. I'm thinking they might have had the Thursday game or they might be the early game over in Europe or something like that. Uh, so I, I wound up going with Atlanta for the Sunday one o'clock slate. So that is the team that. I have on most of my rosters, and I've been finding my way to. I, I just like the story and the uh, situation for them. I think they could have a big game. Oh, you know what, though? I think, actually, um, I, I have it backwards. I think um, Denver is on their bye, and I was thinking there about their 10-day layoff. That's because they had, like, a Thursday night game. Mm-hmm. So, yes, double-checking here, Denver is on by this week, which is why you can't find yeah. them anywhere. I knew that, I mean, because I have basically just been plugging the Broncos defense into my cash teams and starting, right. yeah. starting my lineups with them, so... Uh, Press play, yes. Yeah, um, you know, now we got to kind of think about this a little bit this week. All right, so now we're getting into the defense here, and um, maybe you're surprised, maybe you're not. Um, the over-under is a little bit interesting to me here, uh, but Rotowire actually has the San Diego defense as a number one projected uh, D for week seven with the only defense projected to get double digit fantasy points. Uh, priced at 4,400 on FanDuel. So that's pretty interesting. The over under is 47. So I think it looks like they're expecting the Chargers to score a bunch, but the Raiders should not score so much. Uh, Charger, um, the, uh, Oakland Raiders are also 26 in terms of, uh, pass defense. So, um, you know, that's going to make offensive players like Phillip Rivers and, and the like 
uh, interesting. I know we're not talking about offense, we're talking about defense, but uh, f- you don't have to get into the 5,200 range like you do with the Arizona Cardinals and the Seattle Seahawks, who are actually both priced outside the top 6-7, according to Rotowire here. And they're with you. Atlanta Falcons is number two. They're actually tied in terms of projection with the Houston Texans against Miami, which I don't necessarily agree with. Yeah, I don't agree with that one either. Yeah. I think I would actually prefer Miami more, who's projected for the same number of fantasy points and $300 cheaper than Texans. And then, believe it or not, the Cleveland Browns have a top five projection according to Rotowire. Now, don't blame me. I'm not the Cleveland homer in this spot. I'm just telling you what the the projection says according to Rotowire. That you do like the fact that um, the the over under is 41 and a half currently on this game. So it looks like it, it could be a, a potential low scoring affair. And St. Louis has fared much better in terms of you know defensive production at home as opposed to on the road. So you have that in your favor um, if you're looking. I'm probably not going to roll it. I just I don't feel good about that. But I'm just throwing that out there because um, I want to give you an idea of what you can expect from from a projection perspective. So I think Atlanta is definitely going to be my pick to click, especially if it's if it's Mettenberger um, in that spot. Um, having said that, too, I wouldn't be like so opposed to Washington T against Tampa Bay and Jameis Winston. Jameis Winston has been an absolute turnover machine. Mm-hmm. So, and then I think you might also have to take, take a look at Carolina, like Sam Bradford. Uh, just you know interception uh, galore just every other week and you know Carolina's undefeated they're at home they catch Philly uh, best one of the best corners in the game in Josh Norman so there could be some opportunity there so I think we have sufficiently covered the uh, defense any anybody out there is like super cheap well off the radar that you're like I'm in on this one here yeah actually the cheap play that I've been rolling with has been the Pittsburgh Steelers and um they go up against the Chiefs this week. They're favored by two and a half points. Uh, they are on the road, though, which is not good. But you're getting the Chiefs team without Jamal Charles. And as of the end of last game, Jeremy Macklin was out. And I still don't think he practiced either. So you basically have uh, Sharkandra Quest, Albert Wilson, and, you know, Travis Kelsey as the, you know, the RB1, tight end one, and wide receiver one for that team. And I've never been a huge fan of Alex Smith anyway. Um, I think he's a very good game manager, but I don't think he's a guy that can go out and win a game for you where, you know, he can elevate the play of, of his pass catchers. So without the guys with the talent that actually do most of the damage for this team, at 2600 on uh, on DraftKings, I, I kind of like the Steelers as a cheap option to give me some money to, you know, spend up on stuff that I wanted to fit into my roster. All right, I think I can get behind that. Uh, that's that's definitely not a bad play at all. I, um, I think like uh, Washington is as much as I want to gamble in terms of the cheaper defensive options going forward. But I, I wouldn't mind the Steelers as well. They've 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 held their own there, and it, and it actually could be a boon to them if somehow Ben Roethlisberger gets back into the lineup mm-hmm. uh, there as well. We could give give a, an overall team boost, maybe some more sustained drives, which can also help out that defense. So. That is going to wrap it up for the Rotowire DFS podcast for today. Don't forget, we're now available on iTunes and Stitcher for your downloading convenience, so be sure to give us a rating, review. Don't forget to share and subscribe. Don't forget to hit up Benny on Twitter at BennyR11 and send all your comments, complaints, and questions to me on Twitter at JoshHaveFS. I have got your um, feedback about my phone. Um, people are like, Hey, every time I listen to your podcast, it sounds like I'm getting a text from somebody. So can you put your <laughs> phone away? So I did it. You guys, you're welcome. Thanks. We, but aside from that, we, we've gotten some great feedback too. Just people saying, love the podcast, great information. 
Uh, thanks for listening. We always want love hearing from you. Love, love asking, getting questions and having feedback to there as well. So please keep those coming. And we'll be back here uh, with the next edition of the Rotowire DFS podcast, same time tomorrow. Thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs>